The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well. Or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. The ball is tipped. And there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star. And all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. But now it shows. One shining moment, it's all on the line. One shining moment, they're frozen in time. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. It's that time of year again. March Madness. The tournament's in the air. We just had the selection committee roll out the names. Spencer, how you feeling about now? Well, this is one of my favorite times of year. It's such an exciting time uh, in college basketball, but really in the world of sports. You know, each year you cherish this time because you know that this week is going to be a week where you won't be studying and doing homework very hard because you will be very preoccupied with the NCAA tournament. And it's unbelievable. It's kind of like Christmas night where you're just waiting for all your presents to be unveiled. And now you just have all the possibilities laid out for you with Selection Sunday here and all the teams being presented. And it's an unbelievable feeling. And it goes by so quickly that first day, the Sunday period of all these games. And the first weekend of March Madness, just seeing Cinderella's appear out of nowhere, checking your bracket periodically. And it's just an incredible time. And right now, everyone's perfect. You know, even the 16th seed still have a chance. So it's a great time of debate. And it's always great as a youngster when you're going to the cafeteria on that Monday after Selection Sunday and you're talking about all the matchups with your friends. I mean, it doesn't, it never gets old. So let's get right to it. Well, the first question I have for you is we've got our top four teams here. We've got Florida and, and Wichita State. And we also have... The Virginia Cavaliers from the ACC, a team that didn't exactly play the toughest ACC schedule. And in the non-conference, 
they actually got drilled by Tennessee, which is an 11th seed. So no one could see Tony Bennett and these Cavaliers coming on as strong as they did. But they won the ACC regular season title over Syracuse and Duke. And then today they just defeated Duke for the ACC crown in Greensboro. So it's Arizona out of the West, which will be playing in Anaheim for the regionals. Wichita State, Florida, and then Virginia as the last fourth final number one seed. Now, looking at this, there's always teams that are on the outside looking in, and they're teams that just eke in. I wanted, I just want to hear if you had to critique the seedings, anything that surprises you, or what, what, any surprise, any surprises here by the committee as far as seedings are concerned. Yeah, SMU was a team that defeated Connecticut on the road and had some impressive wins inside the American this year. Larry Brown's squad was one of the top defensive units uh, in the country, and they did have an early exit from the American Conference Tournament that I think caught up with them. And then a real uh, the only adjustment I would have made is uh, North Carolina State didn't exactly have a great a conference record and they were definitely a surprise because they didn't even have a an official watch party so in Mark Godfrey's bunch thought that they were definitely on the outside looking in but for a fan's perspective TJ Warren the ACC player of the year could just get buckets any second he's on the floor so it's going to be nice uh North Carolina State had a very good showing in Greensboro that definitely helped them in their strength of schedule uh, prevailed. So I'd say that those two were surprises. But other than that, I'm I'm definitely happy with all the teams being included. Now, there are some seeds that are very surprising and that I would question that I'm not exactly satisfied with. Well, looking at our Sage Hill Hawks here in Philadelphia, they ended up winning the A-Ted tournament against VCU. And I thought they might have been seeded a little bit higher, but I think that was that was not one of the, uh, the the divisions that they were really looking closely at. So I think SJU probably had a low seed. They would have gotten in, but they, they didn't really move up much by winning their, their uh, A-10 tournament. They definitely had a, a slow start to, to A-10 play, and Villanova really handled them uh, kind of in an embarrassing way. The, earlier in the non-conference schedule, they, they've been a really bouncy team in the, in the A-10. So... They really came on strong as of late. They were always a bubble team, but they had a strong showing in Brooklyn. I'd say the 10th seed was appropriate for St. Joe's. And what's really special is the fans in Buffalo are in for a treat. If St. Joe's can beat Connecticut, which I think they have a nice chance of doing, it could set up a, a, uh, a Holy War round two. I think this will be the first time the Holy War has ever met in the tournament, which is Villanova versus St. Joe's. And these schools are only separated by about five miles. And these guys, it's just such a deep-rooted rivalry for Philadelphia hoops. So that's just one of the many intriguing storylines in Buffalo is that you could have St. Joe's and Nova going at it in the round of 32. That would be absolutely awesome. Well, another one would be you've got uh, you've got Creighton and you've got Nebraska, two teams that are right next to each other. Certainly Nebraska football dominates Creighton basketball over the last few years. The idea that they would play in a tournament game, you know, in, in the next round would, would just be really interesting for Nebraska. That, I think that's unprecedented as well. 
for sure. Nebraska hasn't been in the NCAA tournament since 1998, and they're 0-6 all-time in the big dance. And Tim Miles, in only his second year, has taken the Huskers to the promised land, to the NCAA tournament, and they're not even in the play-in game. This is a Nebraska team that was speculated to finish last in the Big Ten Conference. They ended up finishing fourth. Pinnacle Bank Arena, their facilities are off the charts, and they went 15-1 and there with their only loss being the Michigan by one point. So this Nebraska team has three stud transfers, um, and uh, Teran Petaway from Texas Tech, Walter Pitchford that was at Florida is a big shooting, uh, is a guy who has size and can shoot from the outside, and then they have Siobhan Shields, who's a son of Will Shields, who's a Husker legend, and Siobhan Shields can really get to the rack, so that Baylor-Nebraska game fantastic former big 12 rivals in san antonio texas i'm really looking forward to that and then you get creighton looming if nebraska can win and that basketball rivalry has really taken off and tim miles and and greg mcdermott that should be a rivalry that should hold up for quite a long time looking at these four regions what would you say is the uh is the weakest the weakest region? I've know I've we've we've spoken to a lot of people today. I think a consensus is that that Florida's bracket that that part of it they have a pretty clear shot to the Final Four. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about which one of the number one seeds has the, has the easiest shot to the Final Four? Well, in terms of the weakest region and the number one seeds having the easiest shot to the Final Four, those questions could kind of uh, be a little bit different. I think that from top to bottom, the one through four seeds, the easiest region is the West Coast because I look at Wisconsin and that's a team that lost to Nebraska. They don't have a lot of guys that can create their own shot on offense. I know that they're very well coached, but they don't have just lightning speed on the court. Uh, they don't have super athletic guys. They play very fundamentally sound, but they are a beatable team that relies on the outside shot a lot. So uh, they're not a very scary physical threat. Like I'd say Kansas is a team that as a two seed, I would fear a lot more just because of the NBA players on their team. And Wisconsin doesn't have any NBA type guys on their roster. So Wisconsin as a two is vulnerable for sure. Then I look at Creighton and they're a team that really relies on the three point shot. And they also have guards that struggle to create on offense their own shot. And they're a team that if they're not hitting, uh, they can be beaten. And in the Big East coming down the stretch, they did struggle and lose a bunch of games on the road. So Creighton as a three, I would have thought that they would have been a four seed. And uh, this is all in the West. And then you have San Diego State. And outside of Xavier Fames, who's a you know star senior point guard that could really shoot, they struggle on offense as well. So I'd say to answer your question, the, the West region is the weakest region from one to four. Um, but in terms of a one seed having a clear shot to the final, Florida definitely has the easiest time because Arizona in the West... If they win their first round game versus 16th seed, which they definitely will, then they have Oklahoma State looming next with Marcus Smart, and that could be a really tough game for them. Well, you know what that music means. It means that our first segment is in the books. Stay tuned. There's a lot more analysis 
The big dance coming up. Thanks for listening to Bruce the Sports Doc and Spatch the Wizard on the Voice America Network. Stay there. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. Well, I'll relive and tell the tale of my epic safari adventure to South Africa with Daniel DeToy of Kaluby Safaris, and we'll also hear from outdoor writer and TV personality, Ron Spomer. So get ready for near-death Cape Buffalo encounters, planes, game pursuits, exquisite cuisine, and 100% Jimmy. Hey, this is presented to you by Outdoor Channel and Ram Trucks. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now... Back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. This is your March Madness Preview Edition. I'm here with my co-host, Spencer the Wizard Grossinger. We want to thank Ray Ellis, Director of Voice America Sports. We want to thank President of the Network, Jeff Spinard, as well as all you listeners. Everybody's keyed up. We're ready to go. Let's launch right into the analysis. Spencer, I think we could agree that the Midwest region is loaded like a loaded diaper. Tell us, please, what's going on there? Well, Wichita State, I love the analogy, Wichita State actually has a very tough road. And 
I think the committee said to Wichita, you know, the fans were all clamoring for Wichita to play somebody in the non-conference and and in conference foes or in-state foes like Kansas and Kansas State, they're afraid to play Wichita because they're from the Missouri Valley and teams from higher conferences don't want to lose to a Valley opponent so early in the season. So Wichita has trouble getting those marquee games because the top teams uh, from conferences that are more prestigious than Wichita's uh, would be afraid to play them because it would be a mark on their resume and they're afraid because they would probably lose to Wichita so you know Greg Marshall's motto one of his many uh, mottos is we'll play anybody we could stack up with any team in the country and it's going to be so fun to see Wichita go through this gauntlet as a fan because you want to see if they could really hold up uh, versus the powers of the NCAA you have the most dangerous four seed maybe ever in Louisville and Personally, I see. I don't see Wichita getting past Louisville in the Sweet 16. Louisville is on an absolute tear right now. They're crushing opponents, and Russ Smith is rather ridiculous, and he's even better and more potent than he was last year. They have Montrez Harrell inside. Louisville is just so athletic this year, and then you also have Kentucky in the round of 32. And this this Kentucky team only lost to Florida today in the SEC title game by one. And this whole the whole starting five is pretty much going to the NBA. And they were ranked the number one team in the nation. So Kentucky is such a, such an underachieving ball club. And if they really can focus and buy in, they're going to give Wichita a heck of a ball game. Now that's just talking about the first part of the bracket. My eye dances right down to the bottom. You're looking at, again, they, they want Wichita State to get to the Final Four. You're going to get have to get by the winner of the Duke Blue Devils and the Michigan Wolverines. We've watched a lot of both of those teams. And Michigan, certainly uh, with Beeline as a coach, a very, you know, a good defensive team, very athletic. Then you've got Duke, you've got Jabari Parker, and... Uh, You've got our bo- our local boy from Friend Central, and you know D- Duke's always a threat in the tournament. So I think Duke Michigan is is going to be awesome. And then you know Wichita, if they could get past there, you know that's that that is is so tough. I mean, if they could if they can get to the Final Four past this with that much momentum, the sky's the limit. Greg Marshall is is certainly my coach of the year candidate, and uh, this is his time to shine and. and they all have a chip on their shoulder because that's all they've been hearing is how they haven't had a strength of schedule. That would that would definitely silence all the critics. And it, it's so funny, the, all the basketball analysts that you hear, they all were clamoring for a Kentucky and Wichita State game because it's really the polar opposites. You have the most overachieving team in history from the small conference in the Missouri Valley, the Cinderella, no players going to the NBA. You have four-year seniors. You don't have any one-and-dones like they have at Kentucky, which is a factory of one-and-done. It's the polar opposites in the Big Blue Nation playing against Wichita in the round of uh, 32. Um, Kentucky's going to have a physical game versus the Kansas State Wildcats, but I really hope I could see a Kentucky and Wichita State game. And if Wichita makes it to the Final Four, even if they beat Louisville and Kentucky, that would just be such a successful run because I really do see Louisville having the potential to win this whole thing. 
Well, let's look at the East. As you know, um, things are pretty spread out. We're not fortunate to have a game in Philly. Last year, we, we had a bunch of really good games at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, as you can see, some are up at Buffalo. Other ones are down into the uh, the southern area. And you look at our Villanova Wildcats, that is locally, they still retain a two seed despite getting bounced out of the tournament in the first round. That is a Big East tournament. So a lot of respect for Villanova for winning the Big East. And let's take a look at their draw. And, and what are your thoughts about the uh, the Eastern region? Well, I look at Villanova's draw as pretty fortuitous because at least going to the Sweet 16, because I think Connecticut is one of these teams as actually, that is overrated. I think that they're just Shabazz Napier, who's a, who's a good point guard. But other than that, I don't really see Connecticut being very deep at all. I think they have actually overachieved big time. So in that round of 32 game for Villanova, assuming they get past Milwaukee, I don't see any problems. But in the Sweet 16... Villanova will then likely go up against the the Iowa State Cyclones, and this is a team that just won the Big 12 championship. They have three big-time players in Melvin Edgem, uh, DeAndre Kane, and Gorgie Zhang, including a lot of guys on the perimeter that could shoot the lights out of the basketball. Fred Hoiberg is an offensive mastermind. The Cyclones are very, very dangerous. In this draw, you can't look at seeds as potential favorites because Michigan State is a four seed, but they are they will be a huge favorite when they play Virginia, which is a one seed in this region. And I definitely see a Spartan and a Cyclones Elite Eight matchup here at Madison Square Garden. And I look at Villanova and this year, they started out by being I- Iowa and Kansas, and Iowa really struggled towards the end of the year. It ends up that they weren't as good as we fought at the beginning of the basketball season, and they beat Kansas when Kansas didn't gel. They beat them actually around Thanksgiving uh, in the Bahamas. Other than that, Villanova hasn't really played anybody great. They lost to Syracuse. They got whooped by Creighton twice, and the Big East, for what it's worth, it only sent four teams to the dance. So Villanova basically went through the season without messing up, but they haven't really played a lot of big-time opponents, and I think really Villanova is the most overrated two-seed. I, I just don't think that they have a a post a, a post presence down low, and Villanova really didn't face a hard schedule this year. They basically just didn't mess up. So I look for Villanova to still have a great opportunity to make it to the Sweet 16, they're gonna. I think they're gonna play St. Joe's, and they have a good chance of winning. But I don't see Villanova getting anywhere close to that lead eight ball game. I'd like you to look here and glancing through. Obviously, we're we're digesting the uh, the bracket. Uh, we're we're looking at certain teams, and do you is it does anything stand out to you as far as upsets? Obviously, people are picking their brackets. The only way to to really win is is picking the upsets. So that's the hardest thing to do. Looking through here, what teams do you see as being scary underdogs? And, and what, what kind of early upsets are you looking just in the first round? 
Well, Oklahoma's, Oklahoma out of the Big 12 was second in the conference, but they struggled in the Big 12 tournament, and they're a team that relies a lot on the three-point shot. North Dakota State, coached by Saul Phillips, is a stingy team. They have a senior in Taylor, Taylor Braun, who's a big-time player. So... I look at North Dakota State as being a threat to upset Oklahoma. I don't really see any seeds over the 10 seeds that could really make it to the Sweet 16. Actually, I look at St. Joe's. They actually have a pretty good chance because they're playing Villanova, and St. Joe's is, is on a tear right now after winning the A-10 tournament. I just look at a lot of these seeds, and I don't really see a lot of a lot of sleepers that can make it to the Sweet 16. I mean, you look at Tulsa, and they're playing UCLA. A team that maybe people should look out for is uh, Stephen Morris or Stephen F. Austin. They're a team that's 29-2 and and just won 14 straight games in their conference tournament. And they are playing a team in VCU. Uh, it that will be a very exciting matchup. VCU not as good shooting the three point shot as usual, but they'd love to play up tempo. That game should be a very entertaining game. So I look at some teams. There's going to be a couple twelve five upsets like there are every year, but I don't see a lot of teams on the back end that could really make a deep push. I guess my team that I'd really watch out for is Baylor. Because they have two seven-footers in Isaiah Austin and Corey Jefferson. And they also have Brady Heslip, who could really shoot the ball. He's a marksman. And then they have Kenny Cherry, who's a junior point guard that is really seasoned and has a lot of experience at the college level. So I look for Baylor to beat Nebraska. And then their seven-footers will really um, pose some problems for Creighton that doesn't exactly have a true center. Well, look at Baylor. They started off the year. They really didn't have any chemistry. They lost a lot of games. This is one team that's really picking up momentum. We saw that game, Baylor at Iowa State. And uh, like you said, that Haslip is really a marksman. And, and the, the two big guys underneath are you know, really dangerous. And, and it seems like both of those players have are really improved this year. And... Uh, I think it's really scary, you know. Looking at that from Creighton's standpoint, you know, as we when we go into the next segment, we've spotlighted Creighton all year, and I want to uh, we're going to go deep into. I want to hear a bit of an analysis of the Big East, you know, how they uh, they finished up. But looking at Baylor and Creighton is is a tough matchup, and that could be followed by Wisconsin. In some ways, Baylor scares me more than Wisconsin because Wisconsin. It's somewhat like Creighton. You know, they're not super fast team. They're, they're shooters. And I think that, you know, when Creighton loses, they're up against really athletic teams, guys that could guard Ethan Rogge, Doug on the perimeter. And um, I'm just, you know, as a Creighton fan, admittedly, I don't know how much preparation type Baylor is going to have. I mean, they're, they're probably looking at Creighton right now. But, uh, you know, the thing about this, you just don't have a lot of time to prepare it. And Creighton is, is a very particular team it's somewhat peculiar in the way it plays the way they move the ball around the perimeter and shoot threes they're really I think the best three point when they're on certainly and their average is the best three point shooting team when they play Providence uh, as we know they were ice cold when they're ice cold they, they could lose to anybody so uh, we're uh, we're running deep into the second segment I hope you guys are enjoying the analysis of the Big East tournament as well as 
most importantly, March Madness. Stay there. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. He's still out. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. Like to get right into it? The team we spotlighted this year was the Creighton Blue Jays. They moved from the Missouri Valley to the Big East. They, um, they knocked off Villanova twice this year, and it, looks like, it looked like they were going to uh, clinch the championship. They blew Providence out, essentially. They looked, Providence looked like the Washington Generals at senior day, but it's pretty hard to win against a good team t- twice in one week, and Providence had everything to play for. In Creighton, you know, they might have been a 2 but they didn't have as much to play for. Providence played a perfect game against the Blue Jays, and I fear that they showed the other teams the blueprint 
And uh, let's talk about that championship game. Well, Providence, they, they also beat Creighton once this year in their first meeting at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, which is a very tough and underrated arena to play in. And what Providence did was they did a great job of slowing down the game, making it less possessions, and they really were scoring the ball at the end of the shot clock. And when you do that, a team like Creighton that's that really relies on getting out in transition and getting quick hitters from the outside. They couldn't really build up that transition offense versus Providence because, you know, getting the ball after a made basket, it's tough to run, and Providence defense was set. Providence played zone, which threw Creighton off, ironically, um, because you'd think at zone you could shoot over it, but, you know, Providence length really bothered Creighton, and just slowing down the game for Providence and not making it an up-tempo affair, limiting opportunities really is what helped the uh, Providence Friars at in Omaha on senior day when Providence lost. I mean, that's a type of environment that's almost impossible to get a win. I mean, going into the Century Link Center in Omaha any time of year is difficult, but when it's senior day for Doug McDermott and the emotions are running that high, Creighton just was so juiced up for that game. They really sped Providence up by pressing a little bit, getting the 50-50 balls, but Ed Cooley just did a tremendous job of getting his team prepared in New York, and it was just a huge moment for the Friars that had some trouble recently in the Big East tournament. Bryce Cotton was terrific. Uh, Kadeem Bats. Uh, they they just have they have some talent on that team. It's going to be a tremendous uh, guard matchup for Providence as they're an 11th seed and they're going to be playing in San Antonio versus the Tar Heels and uh, the sophomore Southpaw Marcus Page, uh, just a great player out of Iowa. And uh, he's he stars for the Tar Heels, so that should be a tremendous matchup. But really, to, to figure out Creighton, it's to lower their opportunities to really play solid transition defense and then to convert at the end of shot clock. And to convert at the end of shot clock, you usually need a great point guard to really set things up in the last five seconds, and Bryce could do that. Yeah, I, I, I'm also looking to that Providence-UNC game is, is a great game. I think we've seen a lot of Providence this year. And UNC, uh, they certainly came on strong at the end of the year. And they're, they're well coached. They're a great team, you know, a power team. But the way Providence played, the, Bryce Cotton reminded me of Allen Iverson. He was breaking people's ankles with his crossover. He was shooting, you know, a great free throw shooter. And I, just, I, think he's, I think he's an excellent player. I mean, he's very, he buys me of Iverson. He's probably 6'1". But super fast and real leader, and uh, it, so I, I think I think they're going to give you UNC all they they can handle, and I I look at that as a possible upset. Definitely, I could definitely see that UNC is James Michael McAdoo, and if Roy Williams gets his team motivated. I give the edge to UNC, but Providence is is very hot going into the tournament. So that that should be a tremendous matchup, a very close game. It should come down to the wire. But let's talk about Creighton, a team we've covered all year. And with Creighton, it seems like if Ethan Raggi and Jahan's Manigat are not hitting from the outside, then they just don't have the luxury of having a deep, offensive, balanced team. You know, you know Doug is going to get near 25, but you need other guys to be hitting shots, and Ethan and Jahans didn't have their best night shooting from the outside versus Providence. And in the tournament, in a one-and-done, 
one one poor game could really it, it could hurt your whole uh, tournament. So I look at Creighton playing potentially Baylor or Nebraska, and Creighton pounded Nebraska. They got off to a 38-8 to lead when they played in Omaha earlier. Now, I know Nebraska is a lot better. They're a whole different team uh, mentally, and they're playing a lot better. But I think Creighton can handle Nebraska again. And one thing about Baylor, even though they do have seven footers, is they do play a zone. Their defense isn't exactly that stingy. I mean, they let up a lot of points to Iowa State. They do like to get out and run. And Providence was unique in the sense they really play a slowdown game. It's interesting. What are your thoughts about Creighton going up against Wisconsin? Because they do slow it down. Whereas Baylor could maybe play more up tempo, so do you see that really factoring in in Creighton's chances to beat Baylor or Nebraska? Well, I think that that Creighton, you know, played. Uh, they played three days straight. They they looked like they ran out of gas in that game against Providence. Uh, Doug, you know, obviously shooting great. He was shooting NBA threes from the top of the key, but was not. He was not playing down low. I think that was purposeful. You know, they were really, they were beating him up. They were throwing him to the ground in that game. And I think in the second half, they made a decision to keep Doug, to keep him healthy and and essentially play from the perimeter. But in the NCAA tournament, Doug's got to play low post. He's got to be drawing fouls. When you look at that game, the striking um, statistic for me was in the first half, Creighton only shot two free throws against Providence. And Creighton's a very good free throw shooting team. They've got to be going to the rack. They do great when they get the other team in the bonus, the double bonus, and then you know they get the other team in foul trouble. So I, I see that they're going to be a very tough matchup. Again, when you have three guys, when you have Chapman, Manigat, and uh, and Raggi, all they shot a total of two for fifteen from the three point line. Just uncharacteristically poor uh, I'm you know I'm very bullish on Creighton I think that they're going to really be ready they didn't like the way they went out last year against Duke and this is their final hurrah with, with their seniors so I'm I'm I think if they if they play Baylor I think it'll be a good game but I think they're going to end up prevailing and I also would would pick them against Wisconsin because I I think Wisconsin is not used to playing a team when you look when you look at at the Big Ten you just don't see a team with, with shooters like that. Obviously, Michigan, they're used to playing athletic slashing teams. And Creighton is, is very unique in their style. True. Um, you look at the Big Ten, they have a lot of slashing teams like Ohio State that you mentioned, Indiana. I, Creighton also beat Wisconsin last year in Vegas, and I think that could play a, a part because there's a lot of members of the Wisconsin team that Creighton has seen. I think Baylor is the is the much tougher matchup. I'm really worried about Doug going against Austin and Corey Jefferson because they they're four inches taller than Doug, and they're just as strong as him. They're just they're they're much more athletic. So I mean, Doug mentally. Creighton has to definitely instill their will on Baylor. That's the one thing about Baylor is that they've been so up and down that you just don't know if they meant if Baylor mentally believes that it could that it could be as good as it can be. But I see Baylor as being extremely dangerous in this tournament. You look at Creighton and they didn't exactly get the best draw because Baylor has the has the biggest front size in the whole college basketball tournament. So 
Uh, it's it's tough to I I'd actually give the edge to the Baylor Bears as much as I love Creighton, uh, but if Creighton just mentally gets into the game early, you just know that Creighton will be really trying their best since it's their last hurrah. But right now, I think it's appropriate to list our teams that we see going to the Final Four in Dallas. You know, Bruce, who do you see that that you really like uh, in terms of being your top dogs in March? Well, looking at this, obviously, uh, have to think about this a little bit, but I'm looking at number one, Florida. I, I'm going top to bottom, and I've seen Kansas. I, I think they're um, an underachieving team. Love Bill Self. We've spent some time there and uh, love the program. Joel Embiid is, uh, is hurt, and it's unclear if he's going to play at all in the tournament. That's a huge loss for them. And looking top to bottom, I'm, I'm going to pick Florida to come out of the East. I'm going to go with uh, final eight. I'm going Creighton against Arizona, and I'm 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 picking the uh, Blue Jays to pull the upset. Likewise, I'm looking at Wichita State, and I'm just got a feeling that um, that they're they're going to be there, and I could just imagine uh, the Final Four. I'm looking at the bracket. Imagine Creighton against Wichita State, the winner going to the national championship. That would be a dream, you know, considering how intensely we followed the Missouri Valley and those two teams. Uh, that would almost mandate that we uh, would have to uh, go to the Final Four. I know it would be rough for you to have to take that. But um, <laughs> yeah, awesome. looking here at the, uh, the final would be the East. And I am going to... Pick Michigan State. Michigan State uh, with Payne, who I think is going to be a great NBA player. Gar- uh, Izzo is a wonderful coach. They started the year off on a tear. They, they were up the top of the ratings. They went through some tough times, and now I think they've got it all working. I look at that. I think Virginia, I mean, they're a very good team, but I would take Michigan State. I think it's, Michigan State's more physical. I've seen Villanova play a lot, and I've seen him get blown out by Creighton twice. As much as they're our home team, and uh, we love Jay Wright, and, and that's our team, I uh, I don't see Villanova beating Michigan State. I just can't I can't see a way for them to win. I'm looking Iowa State, you know, against Michigan State. I, I think that would be a really good game. I mean, I'm seeing some really intriguing matchups. So essentially, that's what I would I'd pick: Wichita State, Creighton, Florida, and Michigan State. That would be my Final Four. Spencer, what are your thoughts on that question? Well, of course, I have a lot of uh, thoughts, and I went back and forth on this. But I, I look at Joe Embiid being hurt, and New Mexico has two seven-footers in Chris Kirk and Cameron Bearstall. Well, this happens a lot on network TV. Everybody's just waiting. They're just hanging for that. But we're going to have to break the commercial. We'll be back in three. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. 
This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Julie Bueller are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you are listening to bruce the sports doc with dr bruce grossinger if you have a question or comment about today's program please call in at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to bruce at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the final March Madness section, preview edition of Bruce the Sports Doc and Spencer the Wizard on the Voice American Network. Just before break, I shared with you my hunches, I guess you could say, and you were just about to tell us who you're picking the final four. Spencer... What do you think? Well, I think uh, it would be great to have a drum roll, please. But, uh, you know, uh, to to break it to the audience, you know, after much thought, much pondering, looking at the computer screen, second guessing, double clicking teams, going back and forth. In the South region, I do have an upset. I do have the New Mexico Lobos. Taking down the Kansas Jayhawks in the round of 32. I look at Chris Kirk and Cameron Bearstall, and they're a team that just won the Mountain West Tournament Championship in Vegas by uh, beating Steve Fisher's San Diego State Aztecs. So I look at New Mexico being very underseeded as a seventh seed, a team that split with San Diego State in the regular season, being three seeds behind them. So. 
with Embiid being out, it really leaves room open in the painted area inside. So I look at New Mexico really taking advantage of that, and that would definitely be an upset for me. If Kansas does beat New Mexico and get Embiid back to about 80%, they could be very dangerous, and that that's a big risk for a bracket. Um, but I then look at Syracuse also beating Ohio State in Buffalo, very close to Syracuse, huge home court advantage there. Ohio State is not a great perimeter shooting team, and they're a team that has just gotten there on heart and senior leadership with craft and great coaching. I definitely look at Syracuse taking this party to the Elite Eight, and I see them running into Florida, an absolute buzzsaw in Billy Donovan's squad, a coach that's won two national championships in Gainesville already. So Florida is a very elite basketball team. They they actually went undefeated in the ACC. Scotty Wilbekin, Young. They just have a team led by seniors. Florida is one of the best four teams in America. Then you look at the hottest team, a team from the beginning uh, that we thought would definitely be prevalent in March. We have one of the best coaches in the entire field in Tom Izzo. And I love Michigan State uh, having a party at Madison Square Garden. And I see them beating Iowa State in the Elite Eight. I look at St. Joe's, as I mentioned, possibly beating Villanova here as an upset, but I do see Chalk up top with Virginia playing Michigan State, and in Michigan State is way too many weapons for Virginia. Virginia has Joe Harris. They have a couple of guys that could score, but no one is an elite level scorer, and Michigan State should be able to shut them down offensively. And, and advance to the Final Four in Texas. So I look at Florida versus Michigan State. Those are actually the two best teams in the field. That would actually be a national championship game, but it ends up that it will be a semifinal game. Boy, I mean, the picturesque scenario, um, if you really look at the um, at the West and the Midwest, it would be awesome for Creighton to play Wichita in the Final Four. It would be like a dream come true, kind of like VCU versus Butler. You love the Cinderella's and two Valley foes going at it just one year after Creighton left. That rivalry is still very fresh. So, um, But unfortunately, I actually see Baylor beating Creighton. Uh, fortunately for Doug, in my scenario, he would never get to a Sweet 16. But it's very possible Doug could be the Steph Curry of this tournament and really be the spotlight. It would be awesome if we could see Doug on one shining moment and getting to the Elite Eight in Anaheim. The Jays have already been to Anaheim earlier this year. I do see Baylor beating them. The toughest game to predict is Oklahoma State versus Arizona. And... I see San Diego State waiting in the winks in the uh, Sweet 16, but I look at Arizona and Oklahoma State. That is such a tough matchup to pick because Marcus Smart, LeBron Nash, and Markel Brown, just a tandem that you don't want to deal with. So that is the toughest game to pick, and it will change the landscape of this region. I do see Arizona and I do see Arizona advancing in Miller's group. I do see them coming out of this region, and I have them beating Baylor, actually, in the Elite Eight. It's going to be either Wisconsin or Baylor. I'm taking the Baylor Bears going big or going home. So uh, the seven-footers of Baylor will provide with the length and athleticism needed, Brady Heslip's leadership as a senior, and Kenny Cherry, as I mentioned. So I see Arizona beating Baylor, and that will be my third Final Four team. Then I see Louisville beating Wichita State. 
just an absolutely loaded region. That Michigan versus Duke, a rematch of the 1994 Fab Five title game, that will be absolutely fantastic. So the folks in Indianapolis right now are going wild because in Lucas Oil, that is going to be an absolute party. And what a four, what a four-team tandem that it should be there in that regional. I see Louisville beating Duke. Then I see Louisville playing Arizona. I see Louisville advancing. I see Michigan State beating Florida. That is such a tough game to predict. Could go either way. And then I see Michigan State over Louisville. Louisville doesn't win two in a row. And Tom Izzo's bunch and those seniors go out on a high in North Texas. Well, one of the great stories, as you know, is uh, is the senior Payne from uh, Michigan State. He's befriended a 11 year old girl who's uh, who's been battling cancer, and uh, just uh, there's been a lot of coverage of that. It, it, he just seems like such a remarkable person that for for him to uh, to win a national championship and to be holding her in his arms would be uh, beyond memorable so i i just think there's it's it's so exciting now there's so many possibilities and uh we've talked about the teams a lot but let's talk about individual players you know we've got we've got a whole landscape we've got 68 teams here who do you think will be distinguishing themselves in in this format in this in this tournament format well, you look at the uh, sophomore that decided to come back for the Cowboys and Marcus Smart, one of the best point guards in the nation, and he really has an opportunity to defrone Arizona, and if he can do that, get to the second weekend, he then will play San Diego State, which is a winnable game, which will be very tough. Uh, for San Diego State, you didn't have Xavier Fames, you have, you have Arizona having Aaron Gordon, uh, you know, Nick Johnson. So um, the West region has a lot of great individuals. And of course, Doug McDermott, the Wooden Award. Uh, for all intents and purposes, he should win the Wooden Award final. And uh, he's the fifth leading scorer in all of college basketball. So one of the greatest players ever is playing in his last NCAA tournament game. You mentioned, I mentioned Cotton and Page before. DeAndre Kane. There's a lot of great teams. Russ Smith is a guy that I'll really miss. I wish Marshall Henderson was in the big dance last year. It was just spectacular seeing him around. Bruce, who are your favorite players as you look at? There's so many awesome guys. Jabari, Nick Stauskas. I I can't wait for these matchups. And uh, every year, just noon on Thursday... You have the dream of getting a perfect bracket. You have the dream of beating your friends in the pool. And I think that the bracket adds a whole new element to this just in terms of personalizing the March Madness experience. But it's just so fantastic to see the storylines and and each game go down to the wire. Well, I'm really looking to Clay Anthony Early from the Wichita State Shockers as um, I think he's going to be a real solid pro, about six foot nine. Uh, power forward, very good shooter, an amazing shot blocker, intimidating defender. And I'm also looking at Ron Baker, the sophomore, as a golden-haired child. So almost like a Jibber Fredette kind of guy, in the, except that he's a little taller and uh, a little more versatile with respect to ball handling. 
So I'm, I'm really looking at those two players to distinguish themselves. They're really the leaders on the team, the two leading scorers, as as well as, of course, Jabari Parker, who we saw we saw flashes um, in the Duke game. You know, one that Vital was, you know, just gushing over. He, he looked like he took off from almost from the foul line and just did a swooping dunk, Dr. J style. So, you know, I, I see him as, as being really exciting. My, my one concern about him, which is small, is that Jabari Parker, I don't, I don't think he is tremendous on defense. I don't, you know, I think he could learn to play defense, but he just, he's just not a good defender. So comparing to a lot of these other pros, offensively, I think he's ready to go. I think he's a, he's a 20-point scorer in a year or two in the NBA. And certainly, uh, w- with great coaching, uh, it's still not 100% that he's going he's to come to the NBA, but I think it would be a mistake from the, to, to not come out. He, he'd be the first-round draft pick. So I, I look at you know the, the obvious players, but certainly um, favoring the guys, fa- favoring Doug McDermott, um, favoring the two Wichita State Shockers, Jabari Parker, lights out, and uh, Andrew Wiggins, um, you know, started off, I won't say slow, but but he's he's gained a lot of momentum. He was the uh, the choice, you know, kind of the preseason number one pick, and now um, he's getting seasoned. He has a whole year under his belt, essentially, going into this tournament. So I, I think these are the uh, these are the players I'll be watching. For sure, Wiggins has really shot the ball a lot better. There's there's so many great freshmen. Julius Randle, uh, you know, you have Pat, you have Young, um, and it's just just an incredible field of of players like there is every year. But this year it's really unpredictable. There's about 15 teams in this field that can end up winning the championship, and there's no clear cut uh, number one. There are, I think, four teams that really separate themselves, and that being Louisville, Michigan State, Florida. Uh, actually, three. Those three are probably at the top for me. But there's just there could be a lot of parity, and I can't wait to see teams coming out of nowhere like the Norfolk States, the uh, the Lehigh's of last year or two years ago. It, it, that's what makes the dance great, don't you think? Is the uh, is the Cinderella stories, and yeah. Well, uh, this show sure went by fast. I want to have everybody excuse me. Normally we. Uh, Cover a lot of sports medicine. That's a big part of our show. But at this point, all the buzz is about the NCAA tournament. And I know our listeners are happy to hear about newsworthy events in sports. There's there's none better than than the big dance. So we're going to be back next week with another with another show. We're not going to be doing a replay. We're going to be we have a lot of fodder to talk about. So I just want to thank everybody for hanging in with us for this show and for uh, staying with us down the line on the Voice America Sports Network. Again, signing off here, it's Dr. Bruce Grossinger. Enjoy the tournament. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 